morning. It's 11 minutes before 8 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, August 26, 2020. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. The community of Angoon has reported its first confirmed case of the coronavirus. The city of Angoon's Emergency Operations Center announced the case on Monday evening in a press release on Facebook. Search notified the city of the case and, as of Tuesday, was reporting two total cases in Angoon on its website. The city hasn't announced a second case, however, and the state of Alaska doesn't provide case counts for communities with populations under 1,000 because of privacy concerns. The Angoon City office has closed until further notice, and the city plans to begin community-wide testing today. The Admiralty Island village of around 450 people has asked residents to, quote, hunker down and avoid contact with anyone outside of their household until further notice. Students in Angoon were scheduled to start in-person classes yesterday. Because of the new case, Chatham School District Superintendent Bruce Houck said students in Angoon will work online until August 31st, and all staff will test weekly. They'll start remote classes tomorrow, Thursday, August 27th. Earlier this month, Angoon's mayor issued a mask requirement following the first reported case of COVID-19 in the neighboring community of Cake. He also proposed a resolution at a city council meeting to bring travel restrictions back to the remote community, but the resolution was tabled. Low school enrollment in Anchorage has Sitka officials a bit worried that parents may be exploring alternatives to public education in spite of an intensive effort to make schools safe this fall. Superintendent John Holtz told the Sitka School Board last week that the district may not have a firm idea of how many students will attend the district's in-person or remote programs until school opens this Thursday, and even then, numbers could shift over the first few weeks of teaching. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The news from Anchorage earlier this month was that enrollment in the city's huge school district was running about 5,000 students below normal, about 24,000 as opposed to a more typical 29,000 expected around the beginning of August. It was easy to attribute the drop to the limitations of the coronavirus and the fact that in-person registration simply wasn't happening as usual, but there was another more startling number. 660 students in the Anchorage District had asked for their transcripts in order to enroll elsewhere. That's a 12-fold increase over the 50 students who might transfer in a typical year. Sitka is a far cry from Anchorage, but Superintendent John Holst wanted to alert the school board to the trend. The Zoom audio from the August 19th meeting is difficult to follow, so if you'll bear with me, I'll tell you what Holst said, and I quote, The enrollments all over the state are coming in low. I don't know if you saw the news from Anchorage. I can't remember the exact number, but it is an enormous amount of kids who aren't showing up. The millions of dollars in revenue that that's going to be is just frightening. Now, we really don't know about ourselves yet. We do know that people have selected all three of the choices we have. The largest percentage, obviously, are electing to send their kids to school. But we do have a sizable number of parents who have selected virtual. The principals have done a great job. We have one virtual class at Keat, one at Baranoff, and then a second, third, fourth, and fifth virtual classroom at Keat, which means that we've probably got about 115 or 120 kids at each of those grade levels. 
Holst goes on, and again, I quote, I would anticipate that as we start school, those numbers will be at their high point, I suspect, because we all know kids and they like being around their peers. And so operating for a month, I think we're going to see some of those kids drifting back into school. And so it's important, and the principals need to understand this, that what's being done virtually, that's what's being done in the classroom. So that can be a seamless move. We don't want it to become an impediment to coming back to school. All of the above, a quote from Superintendent John Holst at the Sitka School Board meeting on August 19th. Holst added that enrollment at the district's REACH homeschool was up significantly, possibly as high as 72 students. He guessed that many families were considering organizing their own neighborhood schools around the homeschool curriculum, an idea which Holst did not discourage. He encouraged Sitka families opting for correspondence school to, quote, shop locally and to enroll in REACH rather than choosing an out-of-state correspondence program. School is scheduled to open in Sitka on Thursday, August 27th. Under the district's Smart Start plan, teaching will take place both in person and online as long as there are no more than 12 new cases of coronavirus within a two-week period in Sitka. In that event, all instruction will move online. The district plans to provide every student through grade 8 with an Apple iPad, and students in the high schools will have laptops. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. On Tuesday, schools in the Chatham School District opened their doors for the first time in five months. Gustavus, Kluckwan, and Teneke Springs are giving students the option to attend classes in person full-time. Angoon students will work remotely until the end of the month because of an active case in the community. KCAW's Aaron McKinstry spoke with Chatham School District Superintendent Bruce Hauk about the district's plan to operate safely during the pandemic. One of my biggest questions just looking at the plan, um, like most plans I've seen, it's divided into the low, medium, and high-risk zones. But what I couldn't figure out is how you are determining which zone you are in. Sure. It is based on the active cases in the, each of the communities, so each community is separated by the possible cases. Okay, so it would be active cases in the community. And are there like specific numbers related to each level, or is that more a determination you would just make based on circumstance? So what we're doing is um, if there is a case that comes into the community, uh, we will do contact tracing back to see, you know, where it came from, who possibly could have been affected, um, and then make the determination from that point. Got it. Okay. Um, you know, this plan is district-wide, um, but obviously every school is different, every community is different. So how did you sort of make the plan so that it could accommodate the needs and circumstances of all these different communities? We we took it from the point that we uh, you know we had the staff involved. We had some community members. I've been out and met with some different community members. People have been really good about uh, sending me their concerns. And so from all that information, uh, we developed the plan. Have there been concerns among parents about childcare or being able to balance at home learning while working? And if there have been, like, has the district thought about that at all or done anything to to plan or help with that? We have had a lot of concern in regards to, you know, mostly when we go to yellow. Um, you know, the half day will make it somewhat difficult. And so what we've offered is 
if they cannot find daycare or do not have that option that they can have their students at the uh, site for the other half day. How did the having to be remote in the spring go and what has the district done since to sort of improve or iron out any hiccups since in case you do have to go back to that model? So we we provided training for our staff in best practices on uh, using the online. Uh, we've also expanded the options for our staff to use the different programs um, for them so that they have more options to use uh, depending on the need of the students or their, their class. So there's a lot of options now for our staff to make it more interactive with the kids. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of our difficulties of the spring was trying to get the uh, activity with the students instead of just listening that now they can participate. What's the feedback been like from parents, teachers, community members? It's just kind of mixed. Uh, you know, we have some some who don't feel that we should be in at all to those who think we should all be in um, to the middle. I mean, it's just kind of um, this is something new for everyone. Uh, and so since uh, no one's ever had to address this before, it, it, the unknown is a little bit uh, scary. So that's, I think, where we're at. I think as we get into it and everybody sees all the different uh, measures that we've taken for safety, I think everybody will feel a lot better. That's Chatham School District Superintendent Bruce Houck speaking with KCAW's Aaron McKinstry about the reopening of schools in his district's communities. You can find a link to Chatham School District's full plan on our website at kcaw.org. In a process spanning several months, cities, uh, Sitka's city seal is one step closer to getting a makeover. When the Sitki, Sitka Assembly met last night, it commenced the next phase of its city seal redesign project. The city's current seal features a cannon pointing over the sound toward what looks like a clinket fort, a design that many say represents historic and generational trauma for Sitka's indigenous communities. Sitka Tribe of Alaska Tribal Council and the Assembly discussed changing the seal when the governments met last year. The Assembly voted to begin the redesign project in January. It solicited submissions from local artists and offered a $1,000 award to the winner. Twelve designs were then reviewed by STA and many city committees and commissions. The Assembly reviewed those designs last night, and although some favorites stood out, the group didn't come to a final decision. In other business, the Assembly is also kicking off the first phase of a major electric department project, rehabilitation of the Green Lake Power Plant. City Administrator John Leach said the city needs to hire a contractor soon in order to keep the project on schedule, and the Assembly approved an additional $1.3 million for the first phase of the project. We'll have more coverage of the Assembly 